Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, Odson Edwards' red hot form analyse, his five-team circle around the Celtic hitman after his impressive run with the French under-21 side. We profile Nick Hammond, Celtic's new head of operations and the big recruitment drive that faces him in his new post. And they also return to action for Celtic against Ross County the weekend and the lessons they must learn after their defeat to Livingston before the break. And we also look at the summer signing Celtic have made as we rate them after the first two months of action. Michael, how are you? I'm absolutely delighted that the international break is coming to a, an end. It's been a, a long fortnight. Yep. Uh, the night is darkest before dawn. Exactly, that's um, a good way of putting it. We're, we're back, thank God. Thank goodness we're back. So for the Scotland national team, it's been... It was a tough couple of weeks. Oh, but move on. Let's not, let's not go there. But for other Celtic players, especially Odds and Edward, his stocks only continue to rise after a stirring couple of games for the France under-21 side. Five goals in two games. And it's caught the attention of a host of top European sides. Five teams are keeping a close eyes. He needed a hat-trick against Slovakia. This is really starting to, he's starting to emerge now, isn't he? Is oh, a yeah. name to be reckoned with in I mean, European it's football. Five, it's five that we can't know about, uh, the French uh, people know about, but I, I imagine they'll be far more than that interested. Listen, he's popped up on the kind of the radar for a lot of teams in recent years. Um, it's funny, speaking to you on France yesterday, it, it's quite funny, because obviously you think he's got nine goals in four games for France, 21s. So you're ask, asking the French guys, there must be a lot of buzz about him in, in France, and they're, they're saying, well... Not really, because this is what he does. He's been doing this for the, the French youth teams right the way through. Uh, he top scorer at the, the Euros, under-17 Euros a few years ago. Um, so he's a, he's a prolific goal scorer for the French youth sides. France have got quite a lot of talented strikers in their top team, so I don't think there's discussions about him pushing towards that just yet. But what he is doing, he's, he's, he's taking his form in Scotland and doing it on a, on a, on a level that, that does force teams to take note. Because the France production line of players is phenomenal at the moment and teams across Europe are watching them anyway and he's the one that's standing out for them so he's, he's now put himself firmly in the frame across the continent I think that he is one of the, the, the hottest young talents in, in, in Europe I think he's almost helped as well by the fact he's, he's fallen a similar path to Moussa Dembele I think people see him top scorer in France and think this is the next the next one coming through um, so he is, um, he's helped by association a wee bit but I think he's his own player and I think some people even think that he could even kick on again and, and maybe even go further than Dembele who's now linked with big money moves to, to England um, Do you think he could leapfrog Dembele in the fact Dembele's under 21 career came to the end in the summer do you think there's a chance that Edouard could get a senior cap for France before Dembele? No, no, I think I think Dembele is different class at this point in time um, and in the immediate future I think Dembele is going to be one of the best in the business 
Um, as he said, he would be. <laughs> no, he didn't talk a lot when he was here, but he did always say he fancied himself being one of the best in the world. And I think he will. I think he'll get a, a, a mega move somewhere, and I think he'll do well. He's, um, I think he's got all, all the kind of tools. I think, I think Dembele's a more maybe a natural number nine as, as, as such. I think he's um, a great man for attacking the front and back posts and checking his runs and all. I think he's got all that now. Um, Edwards is, a, is coming behind him in terms of development, but I think he's he's getting there. He's put a lot more into his game now, uh, Odson Edward, and he is a, a real prospect. I think there's more to come from him. I don't think he's finished the article yet. Um, but I think Celtic should maybe enjoy him while, he, while he's here because he, he is destined to go somewhere and probably somewhere big, I think. And one of the key points for uh, your back page story, uh, Mick, was the fact that Celtic won't entertain any January bids. Well, that's listen. That's that's the party line. That see a bit like Dembele was as well. Give, give us a season, and we'll see what they are. Um, listen, there's no Edward hasn't given any any suggestion that he's he's wanting out. Um, but there is a like, natural cycle to these things. I think Brendan Rodgers just always said it was a two year kind of cycle um, with these kind of players. Um, but there's not he's not agitating to go. He seems pretty content where he is. He's, he's doing well. He's developing. I think he knows he's still got a bit to go yet. Um, and Celtic will want him. I mean, this season especially, uh, he's vital. They can't. They just cannot contemplate getting rid of him or selling him. Sorry, in January. Um, but listen, it's football. If something ridiculous comes in in January, then it's, it's going to make people take note. Um, Celtic have showed they can they can resist. They've got money in the bank, so they don't think they'll blink. Um, they held firm over Kieran Tierney. Um, held firm with Dembele until it got to a point where they just couldn't anymore. I don't think that scenario will unfold again in January. I think there's, there's certain assurances are on both sides that that won't happen. Um, but listen, you can't, you can never say never in football. It's like pure, one of the old cliches that everyone dusts down because yeah. um, uh, money does money does talk. Yeah. But I think I think he is content to see the season and vice versa and see where they are next summer. But if his stock continues to rise the way it is, listen, it's going to be something in the summer. There's going to be some sort of um, for a record fee. 25 plus I think I think you're looking at that level it's a different ball game isn't it when strikers get involved like Tierney for that yeah. kind of money's a lot uh, but strikers they're worth their weight in gold obviously the amount of the way they can change a game and that's what Edward specialises in he's he's a big game hunter he scores in the games that he really is. matter his goals I, I think his goals are t- a bit of it but I don't think it's just goals either I think uh, you look at Celtic this season as well they spread the goals across the team you know Ryan Kirsty getting uh, double figures James Forrest scoring a lot of goals Um I think the way he, the way he can he can play and link up play and drop deep and, and pull it wide and all that stuff he is important in terms of the way modern teams play football. I think he is the kind of an all round. Listen, if he could head the ball, if he could if he could work and if he get uh, got the wee one nodded in against. He did. I, he did. But if he um, if he could do a bit, a bit of the kind of Joe Jordan a bit him, he, he, he could stick another zero in the in the price tag. But um, but that'll come as well. Um, but no, I think there's his all round game. I think is impressive, and I think that'll that will have teams looking at him all over the place all over the continent because he is a complete player or I think he will be a complete player that's a fair point he's obviously a complete player is what you say a vast of talents but out of the five teams mentioned three of them Italian one German one French where where do you see his next move where do you think he'd be most likely to go to I don't think the majority of teams in France can afford him I think Leon, um I think Marseille would be too rich for Marseille Monaco I think looked at him in the summer but scared off with the price tag um, Ren's an interesting one I mean there was a wee bit of whispers about Ren actually because they've got a few quid behind them now 
Um, but again, you're talking 25 million, north of 25 million quid. That might be too much for France. So then you're looking, looking further afield. Italian teams, again, that, that kind of fee kind of scares a few of them as well. Um, outside kind of Juventus. So... Uh, what about going straight down to England? I think that I, I think that might be the the I think that is more 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 than likely. I think that it was straight to England. Um, I know Dembele went to France for for twenty million, but that was an upper end of of their kind of uh, expenditure as well. So uh, obviously PSG are different. Get a fish, but he's not going to go back to PSG um, anytime soon. I would imagine They're a different kind of market. Um, so yeah, I could see I could see English clubs they were looking at them as well. Um, and listen. Twenty-five million English teams for a striker. That's that's I mean, it's, it's shrapnel for them now. Um, so that, that that is a definite possibility. So elsewhere takes us on nicely to the fact uh, Nick Hammond, who answered Celtic's recruitment SOS in the summer by coming in on a temporary basis, uh, was appointed the club's uh, head of op- football operations on Wednesday. Now that's a slightly different title to Lee Conjunton. Yeah, just head of recruitment sounds. A more, a more mighty title, so to speak. Yeah. Is that is Nick Hammond get a bigger role at Celtic than Lee Contrton had? It looks that way. I mean, I think he he was brought in on a kind of loan deal. <laughs> He's brought in like a consultancy role over the summer to help out um, in the short term in terms of getting in signings and also to, to conduct a kind of overview um, reassessment of the entire structure of the club. I think this has been something that's been looked at for a while. I think Peter Lowell has been keen to examine the kind of director of football role. Uh, having someone in there, um, Peter's been doing it for a long time. Um, it's, I think maybe someone in there taking a help out in that side of things, uh, i.e., kind of contact negotiations and all that stuff, and, and mm-hmm. all the kind of other bits and bobs that, that Peter does, as well as. Is Hammond someone that maybe the club have been aware of maybe for a while? I think so. I think so. Speaking to, to Neil Lennon about him, I think he's known him for years. I mean, mm-hmm. did, did something similar at Reading for about 15 years. Yeah. Before did, West Brom. Uh, West Brom. A couple of years at West Brom as technical director. Or, uh, the titles all keep changing, don't they? Um, so he's done it for a long time. Um, he's well known in, in, in the kind of game. Um, it's also, I think, crucially, a, a, his main. Obviously, look at the whole structure of the club. I mean, I think eventually he'll deal with every kind of facet of it, um, from the kind of training ground side to ranging pre-seasons and all, and, and eventually look at the youth setup like that. That will all come in time. I think the first team is the main priority in the short term. Um, and, and nine the, and ten in a row. Yeah, and recruitment and getting a team that can can get back to Champions League. That's that's yeah. a big test from. Um, but we also, at the same time as that, Celtic's business model is built on getting players, build them up, sell them for a big fees. What he's got as well as he's got through his contact network in England is the ability to to punt these guys because they need to get them, take them to a market as well. Um, and so you also know the gems, maybe guys that were maybe under the radar or not, maybe academy stars and Celtic. Well, he's done that already. Picked up guys from from Arsenal and, and Man City and uh, mm. uh, the lad from Bolton as well. We guys that might come on, so we guys, I mean, <laughs> young players, I mean, <laughs> um, if he's in the Glasgow committee, we guys uh, might come on and be big players eventually. So that, that's going you know, on the background, and there's a big players that are kind of Elianusis and all these guys that come in at the first team. Um, so it's, it's working two sides at one time. I think the jury's still out on them in terms of, they come in the summer late in the day, the business was done, listen, it was done too late. These, if they'd Celtic the squad they had got now, before the first clues game in the qualifiers, I think they got through that tie. They didn't, therefore, they didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think he's off to a positive start so far. Um, but 
now I think the jury's out until January is a is a huge window for Celtic. Um because you think it'll be a busy window? I don't think it, it's it's busy. It needs to be busy in terms of bringing players in. I think it needs to be busy in laying the foundations for the guys that do come in because you've got to remember um, Bauer, Forster, Elianusi are all loans. Um, so there's, there's gaps in the squad that need filled permanently the, the following summer. Um, Celtic got an option to buy with Bauer. Do you think that's something they'll take up? It depends how he does. He's looked okay and didn't look particularly great the last time round. Uh, was it a Levy game? Yeah. He looked a wee bit, a wee bit off. Um, but listen, he's, he's all on the door. He's, what about Forster? Forster, yeah, but listen, he's on a long contract and he's earning the kind of money that you don't dream about, by the way. I mean, phenomenal money. <coughs> Depends on him. If, if I mean, I think he would he would be quite, if he's given the option to go and get a four-year deal at Celtic on half the money, I think he would, I think the kind of guy he is, I think he might even go for that. I don't, listen, I don't know, I can't, I'm not, not can't climb out his head. Um, but he's, he's earned good money and he's on a good contract, so that's, a maybe. Um Elliot in the same boat, sixteen million pounds signing for Southampton on a hefty wedge. But <coughs> excuse me, it depends how he does. I mean I want to keep him. Um he showed flashes so far, excuse me. Um He's a hard worker, isn't he, more than, I know for a sixteen million winger you want more yeah, than yeah. graft, but often wingers can be a bit flighty in games they drift in and out piece. Yeah, He's got yeah. a bit of dig, hasn't he? Yeah. He it looks mad keen to get to get him in pretty compression. Um, maybe we too much sometimes I think you're running something around a few times in mid games but he, need, he does need half a dozen games to get up to speed uh, I still think he's not there yet but he showed in flashes that he's got a bit about him um, but these are the holes that need to be filled and I think Celtic have been guilty over the years of, of, of not forward plan enough I mean how many years did they get to the the, the qualifiers Champions League not got a centre half Last this year no right backs and all that stuff and that and takes it, you back to Rogers' oh, first season. I think it's back even way before that. Abu Kuasi, uh, yeah. who's been an absolute smash hit. Um, saying that in jest, obviously, but when Kuasi arrived in January 2017, Rogers stressed the importance of getting these guys ready for Champions League quads, but it's never... Here every year. Here every but year. it's not happened, has it? That's yeah. what, that Listen, must be important for It's Hammond. difficult, but that's what I think Nick Hammond has to be doing in January, laying the foundations to get players that are ready to come in June, so they're there day one of pre-season to give Celtic the best chance. For some reason, Celtic hamstring hamstrung by themselves, not doing that. Um, I, I wasn't convinced with the kind of recruitment side of things. I mean, listen, it's hard to count up Celtic's nine trophies out of nine. Um, you, you can't dismiss that. But you can also cannot avoid the fact that the recruitment was a bit wayward. I mean, 20, 25 plus players, how many actually improved the team? Because um, look at the guys who were who built that nine nine trophies in a row: the Tierneys, the Browns, the McGregor's. Before that, Stuart Armstrong, Dembele, who was in the door already. Uh, Edward was a different one. Came in. He's one of the ones that was a success. But too many players that came in weren't. Sinclair's another success, albeit tailed off in the last eighteen months. But um, the strike rate isn't wasn't good enough to keep the team keep him improving. Um, so that has to improve. So so Hammond, I think he's. I think he's starting at a pretty low level expectation because the, pre- the predecessor was, I think, not that great, not great at it. Um, the targets they went for were unrealistic at times. They couldn't get the deals over the line because they were because of the money situation. There's a whole lot of problems. But we've done it. We've mentioned a million times the problems of recruitment. Um, Just to go back, you were you made a point there about Peter Law maybe taking a step back and a guy like Hammond. There so maybe a perception that someone like Lee Conjurton, who was Brendan Rodgers' guy, 
maybe wasn't the man to take on that kind of mantle at Celtic because would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think well, he's, he, he said he said title was different as well. So he's head of recruitment. That, that was his whole his sole kind of um, remit. Um, but unfortunately, because he's not in that, that role that Hammond's now got, who may who may be more hands on in terms of the contractual matters and dealing with with, with Lowell directly, as a kind of um, as a kind of head, head of director of football type role. Therefore, you won't, might not get that situation of of the eight and a half million pound fullback who wants seventy five grand a week getting turned up to try and get talks and getting laughed at the building. You may not get to that situation because the guy who's in that role to negotiate it and also help him to get, set up the networks to get these targets will know what these guys, the parameter these guys working under. So... Um, Do you think there was a disconnect under... Oh, without a doubt. It was weird. I mean, Celtic went for players that were that they couldn't afford in terms of wages or they went for guys who were, I think, maybe below the standard required and paid over the odds. I mean, guys, like, no disrespect to him, the guys are like Jack Henry paying 1.5 million, give him a, a decent wedge. Didn't need to do that. Weird waste of money. Um, that, and that, that happened quite a lot. I think guys, that they paid a lot of money for guys that um, I didn't think were maybe up to scratch. I think, listen, I think Brendan Rodgers felt he could improve any player. I think his evidence showed that he can. I think the guys, the, the, the improvement in guys like McGregor and, and so on, Forrest and all that was exponential I and mean, phenomenal. Development made under Rogers, but they can't do it all the time. And I think so. I think they couldn't get that market right. They couldn't get it was either too too much to, to shooting for the stars and missing, or going for low grade projects that maybe weren't really quite right for them either. So they need to, Hammond's got to find that middle ground um, where it's players that can come into the first team and do a job straight away, and also look for the, the wee nuggets, the development ones that can eventually come up and do the, the business. But see, the signs are positive so far. Mm-hmm. Um, like Afalabi and all that stuff, these are guys that could be in the line, important players. And the ones they've got now, guys like El Hamid have come into the team straight away and looked like he's been there for years. But bowling goalie, well, I th- still think it's a bit of a roller coaster ride, but he might come. He might become a, um, a, a, a really good player in the future. So the signs are optimistic, but I think January is going to be the, the real testing ground. And I don't just mean and the ones that turn up with a bit of pen and paper picture in the boardroom, because it's the proof we're putting the following summer. And touching that was an interesting point you make about setting Celtic had to happen at some point, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. Uh, Celtic set themselves up for success. If and when Edward, the, the money or the offer's too good for Edward and he, he, he moves on for Celtic, January would be a time to maybe. Well, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. The belly messed last summer. I can't actually believe that that, that seemed to be a surprise. They said they acted so that him going was a surprise. Do you think that was another sign of the Rogers boardroom struggles? Where it was. Do you think there was a feeling maybe Rogers was flexing his muscles, trying to get uh, unrealistic was, deals over the line, was, and that was to was, the detriment. There, there was politics in, involved at that stage. Uh, yeah, definitely. But they also there should have been. I mean, head of recruitment should have had two guys lined up right away to put, hit a button on or three or four or five, a list of, of alternative guys they could bring in at the drop of a hat if Dembele went. Because he was always going to go at some point. Um, hang it, try to cheer him to the little radiator until the window shuts, isn't going to work. So when he went, they should have been had someone lined up. They didn't. It left them short. Um, so I think that, that was a lesson that should have been learned. I mean, it's not a great example, but in previous years, there have always been guys that they knew they could get, knew they could afford 
terms of transfer fee, you knew they could get in terms of wages, and they would, go, they would, they would give a manager two or three options and say pick one. Sometimes they accidentally get two, like when they got Gudetti and, and Skepovic in the same night. <laughs> that wasn't part of the plan. Press the button twice. Uh, I think that was a mistake. That was a breakdown. Uh, and end up with two, then they wanted one. An expensive mistake. But um, but the lack of options, I think, was, was a bit of an alarm. They need, they need to have those half a dozen guys that they believe can be ready-made replacements lined up for the eventuality next summer that that, that happens with um, Edward. Because it would be a dereliction of duty not to have that insurance policy. Because it's it's there. It's... It's real. I think football clubs, unfortunately, will move so quickly that you can't you can't prepare for every eventuality. But that's one that's not exactly going to be a surprise. I mean, it's signposted as it was with Dembele for eighteen months. That the, the warning signs are there. You need to heed them. and need to have some sort of contingency plan in place. So that's that's again goes back to the January thing. The, the, that's when he has to do his work and get these kind of contingency plans like in, in place for for the, for the reality of that happening. And just one final thing, the recruitment. When Neil Lennon was appointed full-time successor to Brendan Rodgers in the summer, after coming in, guiding the, the hoops to the Premiership title, winning the Scottish Cup, Peter Law stressed the fact that one of Lennon's kind of signature selling points is the fact he's got a great eye for a player. Yeah. Well, Lennon, I take it with a strong relation with will he still have a big say in terms oh, of... Oh, without, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. yeah. But he can't, he can't go out and see... 100 games a season he's got a job to do um, and likewise in the past he, he, he relied on the, the scouting network and he, and he, he trusts but he gets the final say on these guys and he will do no doubt he will do in the future but he works well with Hammond um, but I think I think that's one of Neil Lennon's great, great skills is he, he knows that see that 2-3 million pound player market I think he knows that really well he knows guys that can he knows where they fit in I don't think the previous regime really quite knew a three million pound player like Kawasi, three million pound. It's a lot of money for Celtic for a development player who, unfortunately, for various reasons, hasn't really developed. Um, whereas Lennon spends one point six on El Hamid, straight in the team, does a job, no nonsense, does a job. I mean, I think he's actually he's a great example. With me, nothing flashy, just a guy, a solid right back that can do the job, um, and he's been a, a great buy. I think, and he looks the part. Um, so he knows that he knows. I think Lennon's good at that. I think he knows the level that they can get for his money. Um, so I don't think you'll get them spending over the odds on guys that, that maybe aren't really worth it. Um, but they will push the boat out if they think Christopher Julian seven million quid, a lot of money. But he's all right. He was nervous at Livingston apparently. <laughs> um, what did you think of those comments? I, I do laugh. I must admit, not, not really. What you want to be hearing for yourself? I, I made a, I made a wee point <coughs> on the last podcast <coughs> that it's it's not really the Celtic way, so to speak. That this is a guy who really does love his life in social media, but he's not one of the players who's got the back catalogue of trophies to go with it. So there's no. a lot of so maybe the, the thing that Celtic fans have maybe pointed at some Rangers players like the past this kind of social media kind of analogy after games it's he needs to be careful doesn't he as well he needs Aye. to have a fine balance to strike isn't he listen you don't want to you don't want to be hearing the centre half's a bit nervous at, at um, the Tony Macaroni um, and playing against the London Dykes and co um, but listen he's the big man to be honest but I don't know why I don't know what made him nervous um, <laughs> we got to do it awesome translation uh, maybe maybe a wee bit but it's not it's not quite there's a lot more games that are going to be I mean, they're looking at cup semi-finals and 
potentially finals in European games. If um, if that gets you jangling, if a Tony Macaroni gets you jangling, that's a bit of a concern. But I think I think that was maybe slightly wrongly worded um, from the big fella. Um, so I don't know if that's just maybe not the most advisable. But uh, but he's been decent actually. He has been. He made a, he a, bit, of, a bit of a shocker in that game. In fairness, mm-hmm. that was like a welcome to Scottish football type game from. I don't think he liked it. Um, he has been a few European performances, but he's, in the main, I think he's he's looked pretty decent. Um, I actually think he's a good backs to the wall type defender. I think if you keep him busy, I think he's actually better. I think he's better the busier he is. Um, um, whereas certain games hitting the break or long balls, you know, maybe maybe not quite. Maybe he has to adjust his kind of his style a wee bit. But no, I think he's been all right. I think he's been good. Um, nerves, nerves aside, <laughs> he's been pretty decent. That takes us on nicely to the summer signings with a wee piece on the website talking about Celtic signings. It's, it's, not, it's not really been a player you can. They've all all the players that come in so far. They've made an impact. There's still a few like El Yunusi. He's starting to just flash his potential. Yeah. Bauer as well. Bauer seems to be the attacking option at right back. Uh, Bongoli, Julian, they've all got their merits. But I think the one that I think stands out for a lot of people, and you've touched upon him there, is uh, El Hamid. Now this is. Celtic signing a 28-year-old with one cap for Israel it didn't exactly elicit mass kind of excitement no, for the fan base. No, there wasn't a crowd at Parkhead welcome in the door. But he's, he's a really, but he's a really good player, isn't he? He's one over the punters right quick, I think he has. He's, he's, he just looks like a guy who wants to get stuck in and um, loves a tackle and all that stuff. And he, Yeah, I think he's looked apart. Um, I don't think he's a world-beater by any stretch, but I think... Um, I think I think I think Michael Lustig was kind of one of these kind of under undervalued kind of players over the years, but last season he, he was showing signs of of the kind of um, the kind of bolts falling off and the springs popping out and all that. So I think he was starting to go a bit, um, and it showed. So I think, I think getting this guy in, he just looks like a big solid, reliable right back. Uh, I don't. He's not going to be a kind of Kieran Tierney type figure on that side, but I think it does it does like to get forward right enough. Mm-hmm. But I think he does look the part. Um, and likewise, Bauer, I think, we'll wait and see. He's, he's a guy who's rebuilding his career. He was highly regarded at certain points in his career. Um, he's got um, a fantastic 90s haircut. I had one of you all had Phenomenal. Kicking about um, in the mid-90s. It's like Point Break or something, isn't it? Ah, it's, suffered it's, it's, um, is, it, is it A1, not the boy band? Can you look at <laughs> um, but he's looked decent enough. He did say a bad one the last time round, all those, all those years ago before the international break started. Um so Bench is here, but that gives him a bit of competition there as well. Uh, and we need to see what happens at the other side, because Greg Taylor, obviously... They're still is... in the lines here, Mick, because oh, listen. I was going to say, the one player we had to, couldn't give a mark to because he's not played yet, it's Greg Taylor. Is it, we go to see Greg Taylor after the international break, yeah. I think. Aye, aye. Um, aye, I, th- I think he's... I don't think I don't think the, the, the kind of forced wait for a debut is actually a bad thing for him. Um, I think he can be gradually introduced into the team. I think he will be the long-term left back, maybe. Um, Bolton goalie, I think, has been brought in for big money as well. But he's, I say, he's he can be quite flaky at times still. Um, I think there will be, I think there will be chances for for Taylor in the next few weeks. Um, I would expect to see him very soon, very soon, but even this weekend. Um, although I think this is a weekend they still need to get back with a bang, um, so he might not want to be trying out too much because they need they can't afford to to slip up this weekend. That's for sure. Um, but I think undoubtedly we'll see him get involved in the next few weeks, and I think he'll I think he'll be all right. Okay, we touched upon a few of the academy players. Frimpong's the one who's obviously impressed against Partick Thistle. 
but there's a host of others that are on the fringes, guys that even like, existing Academy stars, Dembele, Okaflex, who've obviously turned heads at certain points, yeah. but Jonathan Afalabi's a player who a decent level experience at Southampton, and he's just looking to make the Is he someone who can force his way in with Griffiths still working his way back? Bio's still not convincing completely. Is he someone that maybe can earn some game time? In the you think weeks? so, yeah, because I think, I think Celtic have to be careful not to pile too much on Edouard's shoulders. Um, I think it's, it needs to be needs to be managed. Griffiths is still a bit away. Needs to needs to kind of work on fitness things as well. So he's not quite there yet. Um, so I can't really rely on Bio. I'm still. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the kind of guy. You, you, occasionally you see things. You think this guy's got a bit about him. Then for twenty minutes you think, oh, I'm not sure. I think there's a long way to. I think he's a, a, a development type player as well. To be honest with you. Um, so yeah, there's an opportunity there. I think at some point, listen, at some point there's going to be an injury crisis and and there's going to be chucked on, um, and and we'll see how it gets on because um, it's a long season. Um, so yeah, it's, there's opportunities there. I still think I could do another striker in January enough, regardless of them, if um, Edward moves on or just Hinton moves on. I think you need another striker um, to bolster that that front line. But um, yeah, but if you're that if you're one of those kids in and around there, you think I'm not here to make up the numbers. Um, so yeah we turned our attentions to Ross County on Saturday for Celtic a big game for Neil Lynn obviously trying to get back to winning ways and they're looking to avoid um, going three games without a win for the first time in seven years in Premiership action they should get back to winning ways shouldn't they against the Staggies we should but Ross County are a bit of a bogey team for Neil Lynn I think um, looking back through the years to the first spell and all that stuff Ross County were on any size that, that popped up with Results against Celtic quite a lot. I think even I don't got that stats to hand, um, but I think he thinks like half the games he's played against them, he's dropped points against them. Uh-huh. Um, and I saw the rough side this year again as well. Um, listen, anything less than three points is unthinkable. Um, but now at the stage, Rangers go to Tynecastle on the Sunday. Um, not a place that they've historically struggled <laughs> to get points, despite even when Hearts have been a decent, decent enough side. Um, so I think they can't bank on any slip-ups there. So Celtic cannot afford to be dropping points. They need to come back, and especially after the, the kind of two results before the break, they need to come back with a with a bang, um, get the points on the board, and then sit back and see what happens Sunday. Um, so it is, it's, it's a full-strength team, and plus they've also got Lazio on the horizon, so it has to be a full-strength team, get back to, to work and get the result, and then get planning for the big one next week. Can I get a prediction from you? I think it will. I think there'll be a, a three or four nil job. I think Celtic will be have two weeks to stew on on Livingston. Um, and I think that's um, something they'll try and, try and put right. Um, I think it will be a, a full tilled up team uh, going at it. So, Odds Edward and Colt Monsieur Duble uh, for the knack for getting doubles. That obviously train, changed to Monsieur Triple. Um, when he get the hat trick against Slovakia, will he be on the score sheet? I'm, t- I'm just trying to work out what accent that was. Uh, I don't know. It's, 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 can, it's, can, I, can, I, can I Asian a wee bit, actually? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's quite popular, actually. Parts like of like Oriental there, I don't know. Yeah. Don't you? We'll, um, keep, we'll keep that in. I would bet against him getting a couple this weekend, that's for sure. He's the man man of the moment, isn't he? And Ryan Christie, obviously, James Forrest. There's plenty of guys there that can provide a spark. Oh, you know, there's a chance for him again to kind of take on the decent run that he's been on and adding goals to his game. Aye, I think I think that it should be a comfortable afternoon-ish. Uh, and anything else is, is anything apart from three points is pretty much unthinkable for Celtic at this stage well that's all from us this week we'll be back next week 
Don't forget you can subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you like it, please review us and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Thank you.